following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. a uh, boneless or a regular wing fan? Which, what's your go-to? What do you smash most of? Well, if I'm going to Buffalo Wild Wings, I usually go boneless. Okay. But yeah, if I'm at home, it's bone-in. Crock-pot stuff? Uh, you know, deep fryer, whatever. Okay. Yep, it's bone-in. Right. I have, and I, I picked this up from a uh, the dad of one of Presley's friends at school. I have a, I don't know whether we've talked about this, the boneless wing hack. So you go to your whatever grocery store you want, Woodman's generally, and I get my chosen um, Parmesan garlic buffalo wild wing sauce that they stock. And they got a ton of sauce there, so it doesn't matter what you like. Mm -hmm. You go to the frozen food section, you get a bag of Tyson popcorn chicken. You cook them, you throw them in a little... Tupperware container, put some sauce on them, roll them around. It's cheaper, and it's also better than paying at Buffalo Wild Wings. Hmm. Wow. So some people that I've told have gone that route, and they're like, I don't even want to go back. Wow. Like, like, you go to B-dubs generally for the atmosphere, and the wings are good. Yeah. But, like, now you can have them whenever you want. Hmm. And it's kind of dangerous. Well, I'm sure. But I'm coming off a, 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 a nice 12-pack <laughs> yeah. of Parmesan huh. garlic uh, made-at-home wings, which tasty. So give that a try. That's all I'm hmm. saying. Interesting. I'll have to try that. That's a good way to kick off the yeah. intentional foul a little. Uh, some I wish n- I'd have known that l- last weekend when I was home watching games. Right, you that's know? true. Jeez. I should have done that. I'm sorry. Did it's you have? Lot. Was there any good eats or anything? No, over it, was just, it was just me and, and my buddy Warner came to town. That was it. So... We were just kind of hanging out, got some pizza. Nice. He had some family stuff he had to take care of, so he didn't even get over until like 5. So I was just sitting here all afternoon with the pup watching some games. ungodly amounts of basketball. Yeah. All right, well, we'll get to the tournament. Um, Gonzaga, as we record this on Tuesday night, was... I think we flipped it on. It was what twenty-five to eight or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I don't know what the score is uh, over USC. So uh, late game will be Michigan and UCLA. And uh, again, we'll do that to kind of wrap up uh, the podcast. We'll start with the NFL because it's king, and because it is, they want to shove more of it down your throat, which is why they have approved an extra regular season game. There are now seventeen games. They're hacking one off of the preseason, but as you and I were kind of just talking before uh, we started rolling, we don't know whether that's going to mean they're going to start. They're going to tack it on to the end, and they're just going to push everything back. I would assume the timeline will stay the same, and that fourth week, that fourth preseason game will now just become regular season week number one. Yeah, that, that's what I would like to see. It's always, and I'm sure the players would much rather play in nicer weather than freezing their ass off in January. So. For sure. Um, but, I mean, and now the NFL is apparently picking the preseason games. That had been left up to teams. Oh, okay. But now it's in league hands. Hmm. Wonder, uh, um, any I don't know. Of why? Nope. I just I just caught that on hmm. on Twitter because they mentioned it in the same breath. Uh, the, the 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 Packers beat guys because 
Green Bay and the Chiefs have now been added as the extra regular season game already for next year. Um, and the Bears got... The Bears got the Raiders. Okay, I don't know whether it's home, away, or anything like that. I didn't that. see that, no. Um, but, I mean, that's that's what that is. And, and I think among the whole scheduling thing, now the league is also forcing teams to be a home team internationally once every however many years or something. So the Packers have been one of what, like two or three yeah, teams? Yeah, they had always kind of been grandfathered out of that because of the Lambeau. Right, and the small deal. market yeah. and, you know, the the tourism dollars. I'm not sure, and, maybe Pittsburgh. I don't remember them over, okay. ever playing over in England, but maybe Dallas. You know, there's got to be a couple, right. but, you know, you, no. the, the, even the English know, like, you can't just keep sending us fucking Jacksonville. Right. Like, we want to watch a football game, man. Well, I mean, I think the owner was trying to get half the team's home games played in, in, in England. But, um, yeah, so, no, I mean, that's... Well, the 17-game season, it's all it's it's going to be weird because it's an odd number. Right. So certain teams are going to get nine home games. Certain teams are going to get eight. I don't see that lasting. I think if in the next two to four years, 18? I think they're at 18. Because inevitably, you're going to get owners that complain that other owners get more home gates. And that's and it's at the end of the day, it's about money. Did I read somewhere, and I, I haven't read anything, but I was just reading some comments from people involved. Is it now the the thing where you have to sit out one game? As, I don't as know. Well? Is that worked in there? I'm not sure. So you can only play 16 of the 17? Because when they were messing around with that a while ago, that was one of the caveats, you know? So, like, these guys don't want to play an extra game, fine. They can sit out one game, but they have to play if they're able to God, in 16 like, out of the 17. Don't haven't they been paying attention to the NBA and how people how much that pisses people off to go to a game? I mean, unless you're unless you're announcing, you know, before the season starts, before I buy tickets to a game, that okay, in week nine, Rodgers isn't playing. How comfortable? I don't know how you can, I, but I don't even know you can't do that. It's because what if he gets hurt in week six and has to whisk week seven, and then he's like, you can't. Well, and think of how close to the chest these coaches keep oh, their injury reports. Totally. So you're gonna you're gonna say right after you finish up at you know three thirty of a noon game, you're you're expected to answer questions like, "Hey, is Rogers playing next week?" And it's gonna be a question that's gonna get asked every week until the guy doesn't play. Right. But like, can you really? And then all of a sudden, you drop it on the fan base that has tickets for that game, and you don't find out until Thursday. That, oh, by the way, Sunday he's not playing. Like, if that's the rule, I'm sitting my best guy out week one. Right. Why not? I can come. I can overcome 0-1. Right. No, when 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 you get down to must-win games yeah. in the back half I don't, don't want to have to have that shit hanging over my head where I'm, if I'm Lafleur, I'm I'm sitting there going, oh, fuck, I got to sit Adams. I got to sit Jones. I got to sit uh, Alexander. Like, I'm sitting them guys week one. Like, Okay, you're going to make us play a 17-game season and there's only three preseason games? Well, guess what? There's actually still four preseason <laughs> games. We're going to sit all our guys in week one. Right. And generally, that's if you finish in the top four of the league, 
If you're in the NFC or AFC yeah. Championship game of the Super Bowl, your first yeah, game. Yeah, good is luck like, on that Thursday night game when fucking Brady and Mahomes aren't playing in, right. the, in the Super Bowl rematch. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. So like, you're stuck with that with that ultra built up Week One matchup with somebody who was spectacular. I can't imagine, I can't imagine them making the. Team I don't know. I, again, I, mean, I haven't I, read anything. It, it all comes down to their these. You know, they're they're pretending to care about player safety right. because they don't want to get sued again. Yes. So you know. I don't know. I mean, I saw a couple of football players, uh, most notably Alvin Kamara was, was yeah, complaining. He called it a joke, didn't he? Yeah, about the 17-game s- schedule. But I can't see these guys voluntarily sitting out. Like, football's such a macho game. It's not like the NBA where, like, you know, it's all good fun for LeBron to sit on the sidelines and, you know, wear a suit. Like, Dudes in football, you don't play very many games anyway. I can't see guys willingly wanting to sit out. No, considering they they are usually mad at the training staff when they yeah. have to either skip something or, or, or come out and get a concussion yes. pro like any yeah. of that no. stuff. No, uh-uh. no. So uh, that's that was basically the really big excitement as far as the the schedule that's been that came out in the last twelve hours, um, and then over the weekend. The Dolphins flipped a couple picks. Um, they sent a pick to the Niners, and then in the in return, they sent the Niners pick to the Eagles. And Miami now has taken a boatload of picks in exchange for still keeping two first rounders and just moving back a little bit, mm-hmm. which is what which is what they need. But it's like you trade out of that spot up top. It's clear then that they're going to a, and they're giving him a shot. Oh, yeah, they're going to get him a wide receiver and yeah. maybe that maybe a tight end if Pitts is still sitting around. Right. I mean, so they're going to give him the tools and say we're going to give you a shot to, to to do this, and if you can't, then we'll you know we got a bunch of first round picks down the line. Maybe one of them, if you don't work, we'll use that on a quarterback or something. So well, and I mean, shit, we're a long, we're still a month, month. away from yeah. the draft. I mean, somebody may panic and throw something great at them, and all of a sudden now they're getting more picks, you know, to move down a little bit, and they give up one of their top ones. So who knows? Yeah, but I, as far as – unless it has to deal with the Packers or the Bears, I mean, this is whatever happens in the top ten. It's just that is what I don't pay attention to until the night of the draft. It will be interesting to see which quarterback the Niners do pick because they're picking one. They, they can are. deny it all day long and tell you that Jimmy's their right. Garoppolo's their right. guy, but his he's on the chopping block. Right. And they're either going to probably end up with Fields or that Wilson from BYU. And um, I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting to see how this front part of the draft shapes out and if a team like the Bears watch it. If you, know, you start watching all these quarterbacks go off the board and you're sitting at 20, you know, what do you do? Do you... Do something you shouldn't do, which is Reach. probably what they will do, <laughs> and and trade up and give up something of value down the road mm-hmm. to try to reach for one of these, you know, the fourth or fifth rated quarterback in the draft, or do they sit tight? Do they trade back and try to get out and and get more talent because they're lacking in talent overall? Um, that's going to be very interesting to watch. What what pick the Packers have? Like what thirty? I think it's thirty. Yeah. yeah. So I I mean I don't know. So you don't really need to watch like the first three hours of the draft. Just 
tune in at about what? Of course I will. Ten o'clock, and me? right around when the Bears oh are picking, and, and then it'd say the Packers have traded out of the first <laughs> yeah. round, and then was you that just last year. Uh, no, that was no, two, two years, years ago. ago, and then yeah. you just throw the remote at the team, and like, why the hell did I stay up for this whole thing? Or last mean, year you stay up, they draft a quarterback. You're like, wait, what? I didn't even know what to do after that, but I I'm planning right now going down to cousin Michael's down at uh, down in Chicago. I haven't seen his house. I haven't even met his kids or anything like that. But we're we're gonna kind of re rekindle our draft day tradition and and hang out on the first round nice. and and do that so um i i am looking forward to the draft and we're gonna have to go to the dra- nfl network for this because mike greenberg yeah, your is boy. your host for the espn side which i can't handle as you much will be as getting, you will be getting so many greeny teases going to commercial oh my god are they gonna say they're back and better than ever coming up which quarterback does the Jets make their franchise? Oh. Yeah, we know we we get it. They're on the clock, dude. We get it. We and, can we can read the and, bottom ticket. Yep, and you're a Jets fan. Yeah, that's that's been noted. Got it. Back and better than ever. Oh my god. I mean, as much as I want to see like um, you know, wow. uh, as much as I want to see McShay and Kuyper and do their whole breakdown thing, I I can't stomach Mike Greenberg. Eh, the NFL Network's got good guys, too. Oh, very much so. I just I, assume listen to Schrager than listen to any yeah, of those guys. No, so. no that's fine. Um, and I, I didn't pay attention to anything. I mean, the Bears re-signed a special teams guy, um, somebody in the secondary. It's a lot of one-year deals. Yeah. I mean, the Packers got Tyler Lancaster, a D-lineman. I did read something interesting as far as Green Bay is concerned. I tweeted about it. It's a guy who follows the salary cap specifically, and he's a numbers nerd. And he basically looked at them not extending Rodgers and coupled with Mark Murphy being interviewed today by the Packers press corps and not answering any questions about any specifics about not extending Rodgers or redoing his deal to give them some flexibility and maybe tacking on years. Um, the, right, right out of Robo Ted's playbook. Very much. Yeah. Very much. Um, everybody is just kind of now in agreement. This is a we are going to blow this thing up no matter how far. And like I talked to you about it, and I was talking to Michael about it today. Let's just say that 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 the team gets to the NFC title game, God forbid the Super Bowl, and they still part ways with a quarterback who still puts up good numbers. How do you spin that and come out that you're looking out for the best interest of the franchise and make your fan base believe that? Who's eating that up? Well, and and let's let's go back to the beginning of our conversation with the seventeen game season, and let's assume you now have to sit Rogers for a game. Mm-hmm. Well, who's going to play quarterback that? Of day? course, you got to play Jordan. Love. So you're going to play Jordan Love. What if he sucks? What if he What if he turns into Deshaun Kaiser and he's throwing fucking moon balls straight up in the air, and guys are picking him off and running him in for? T- I mean. Very realistic. It's like we talked about a couple weeks ago with Rodgers. That night he came in in Dallas and won the game when Favre got knocked out. That at least put fans at ease to the point of like, okay, we've got something here, possibly. Nobody has any idea about Jordan Love. Well, now you're going to see him in the preseason game because Tim Boyle's yeah. not not taking the majority of snaps. They're gonna he's going to play he's the majority play lot, of these preseason games, but he's going to be playing against a lot of twos and threes. I get it, you know? but he's going to have twos and threes. He is. So he I mean, is. he's he's going to have the same equitable offense that he's looking across on mm-hmm. defense. So I mean, 
You know, there there's going to be a level playing field there, and if he's still doing that same stuff that you're describing against that kind of competition, that automatically raises a red or flag. Or he comes in and he's great. And then all of a sudden, now everybody in the Packer front office looks vindicated and they can let Rodgers walk away knowing that they've got something in their pocket. But, but if he it's puts up be... MVP numbers again, and whether he wins it or not, whatever, but he takes them far, playoffs, second round, third round, whatever, and you still say, that's okay, we can let go of him even though he's still on the top of his game, we got this kid. You really think there's a sense of that among the Packer fan base that they're fine with no, that? No, no. There are going to be a lot of people that, that leave like left when Favre did. You know, I, I, have a, I mean, obviously I have a lot of friends that are Packer fans, and most of them that are our age grew up idolizing Favre. I would say eight out of ten of them think Rodgers is a better player than Favre. So... To shove Rodgers out the door, now you're talking about the maybe probably the best player in franchise history mm-hmm. at any position. I mean, the guy's won what three or four MVPs. Three. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. It's that's what I mean. It's going to be really fascinating from the outside to watch. Well, Michael and I were talking about, and to go back to the salary cap guy, it's like you've pushed all this money back by a year or two to get under the cap, and if you part with him. The Aaron Jones deal, I was reading from Rob Demosky this morning, that four-year deal is essentially a backloaded two-year deal. So you can get rid of him in two years and save a bunch of money. Devontae Adams is going to be a free agent after this season. Mm-hmm. You're going to re-sign him? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, you know, people were looking at the end of this past off season with Lindsley and Bakhtiari and Jones and King, and I think I'm forgetting one other guy, but it's like now you're looking – Next year, you got your QB wide receiver one. Both of those guys. Rodgers' contract isn't up, but it's easy to let him go. Adams is a free agent. Jones is going to be gone another year. That's why they drafted Dylan. So, I mean, it's like the salary cap guy even used the words, blow it up. Well, and I think if you're the Packers and you're, you know, you're going to draw a line in the sand on yourself. And are you going to step over it and move him, or are you going to keep him there and let him finish his career? If you're going to move him, you better move him soon because every game he plays and every year that goes by, obviously, his value drops. And, you know, you look at kind of like what the Bears offered for a Russell Wilson, which was three first-rounders and a couple of players, a couple of starters. Yes, Russell Wilson's 32, mm-hmm. I think. You know, Rodgers, at the end of this year, is going to be 38. I'm not sure you're going to get three first-rounders. You might get two in a player or or one in two players, but um, they got to shit or get off the pot with him. We've talked about it. And, you know, maybe, maybe they saw this coming, and next year is going to be the full teardown into a rebuild, and maybe the Packers are shitty for a couple years. Which would be weird because the Packers and their front office are absolutely fucking terrified (laughs) of being irrelevant and being bad. Well, and somebody brought up another point today. Let's say Rodgers has this monster season that we've talked about, and they know that they have a chance to still be good and still be relevant. What are the chances that the front office says, yeah, we did something wrong drafting Jordan Love uh, way ahead of 
where we probably should have been thinking about taking a quarterback when Rodgers is still going to be our guy for X number of years. We shouldn't have done that. And what are the chances that they own a mistake like that rather than double down and, and try and make the best out of a shitty situation by still following the plan that they put into place a year ago? It's a rare thing to see in sports. Any kind of mea culpa from these right. from these GMs and, and team presidents because by admitting that, they're opening themselves up to get fired. So they're not going to do it. Oh, you mean to say the job I hired you for, you made mistakes on? Well, why are you employed? Yeah. Uh, you're right. So we, we don't have to talk about that anymore. But I just, I, some, there was some things that kind of happened all in the same, you know, window. Where I was like, oh, there's a, there's that. And then there's that. Well, I don't know, but it's better than the Deshaun Watson situation. Boy, oh boy. What did I read? 19 now? Yeah. And uh, SI came out with a, I think it was SI, had a big expose. They interviewed a woman that isn't, hasn't filed a suit against him, but is claiming this all happened to her. And I read the story, and it's, I'll spare you the details. Please. It's just weird. Weird. Yeah, it's very weird. Uh, he's got something, there's something off with him. If this is true, it's not because somebody, one of my, one of my buddies is like, this is like the Cosby thing. I'm like, he's not there. There are two women that say he, he forced quote unquote, forced them to give oral sex. I don't really know how that works. Okay. Mm -hmm. You you can't get out and walk out the door. Um, But like Cosby was drugging and raping women. Like that's not this, right? This is just a dude that like gets massages and, rips the towel off and lays on his back and gets boners. It's weird, man. It's weird. Like if you you got to read this article, it's it's disturbing and weird. Okay. Yeah, I mean, hey, if it's true, the guy's going to go to jail. I, I would think. I mean, I it's not like he's going to prison for decades. Right. But um unless he pays a shit pot full of money in civil suits, well, which he's got. Somebody I read something from somebody that says, you know, he's been deleting you know, direct messages and trying to offer settlements yeah, yeah. to some of these women who have brought this stuff against him. So, I mean, if you if you want to settle and get rid of it, chances are there's some guilt on that other end. You know, just to, just to make it want to go away. Yeah, I would assume it's just like he just he just. It's like you you've never watched Seinfeld, but there's a Seinfeld episode where Elaine's on a date with a guy and they're in the car and he's dropping her off and like she goes to give him a good night kiss and he just whips it out. Like that that's kind of what's going on here. Like Deshaun Watson is getting these massages and he just whips the towel off and he's like, "Hey, here it is. Want some of it?" That's disturbing. Like there was stuff like they were saying like he was thrusting into the air just dry humping the air yeah you gotta read this article it's si really weird i think well, it was si really making me want to get involved with this here but i, I feel like <laughs> i kind of so have bizarre. to now and i don't mean it as a laughing matter because i mean you can only imagine your mother wife daughter or somebody that you care about being in that situation with a six foot five 230 pound football NFL player, player yeah. that could do whatever he wanted to you, most likely, yep. if he wanted to. And nobody inside's even going to come close to stopping him, even if you cry for right. help. So, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of it, but, no. like, just, it's very bizarre. 
Very weird. Right. It's, well, it's, I mean, I can't imagine they can trade him. I don't know how you can wa- trade who him. Who wants that I, mess? I, I, inherit that right I, now. Yeah, from forget that stuff. Just think about it from the football part. Like, Is he going to be ready toxic. to concentrate? Right. He's toxic. He's he's the swamp thing. Like, you can't go near him right now. Good one. No. Even Hot the one. Bears couldn't. I mean, I... You know, (laughs) it's one of those ones where it's like, oh, you know, Deshaun Watson's like, yeah, I don't really want to root. I I don't really want to root for that. Nope. By all by everything I had ever heard up until about two months ago was great glowing things about this guy. So there is this little thing in the back of my head going, is this a smear job? Is this is this something coordinated? But man, you 19 people. Yeah. And they're not like all local people; like there's right. some in different states. I don't know; it's not looking good for him. Well, let's leave that uh, alone. Please. Do you have any uh, other NFL no. stuff? Okay, um, it's fucking March baseball, which means uh, opening day is Thursday. Yes, and it's uh, it's the Twins. Um, rotation's been set, roster's been set. They're in Texas. They're going to take Wednesday off, and then it's game time on Thursday, and we're off and running. Yeah. Um, is it just me, or there hasn't been a lot of hype surrounding the team, even though a lot of experts and pundits have picked them to either win or finish second in the division? I just haven't seen a lot of big fluff and puff pieces. Like, there's not this a is lot exciting. There's not a lot of hype about baseball, baseball. in general. No. You know, like between. You know, ESPN, Fox Sports, podcasts, you know, local radio even. Nobody's really talking about baseball much. Um, you know, the Journal Sentinels had some good articles because Hard Records always, you know, he's a beat writer and he writes his his stuff. Um, I think the Brewers think they're going to be very good. I think that most in-the-know baseball people are predicting them to win the Central. Um. I think they're on a level below the Dodgers, the Padres, the Braves, and possibly even the Nationals. Um, but I think they're probably going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to be in the mix all year, you know, pending health, of course, for their important guys. Um, you know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I think this is going to be uh, uh, a pitching and defense team. They're going to, st- you know, they still got, you know, you got Yelich in here. Those guys are going to hit homers. You're still going to have nights where you score. But I think day in and day out, relying on the plethora of arms they have and running out a possible uh, lineup of, you know, three legitimate already one gold glove guys and a couple who are on the cusp. I mean, Manny Pena has never won a gold glove, but Manny Pena is as good of a catcher as there is in baseball behind the plate. Mm-hmm. Calls a great game, throws guys out. Really good player. RC is fantastic at third. He's never won a gold glove. Urias is supposed to be a whiz. You got Wong at second, and you got two in the outfield with Kane and Bradley. I mean, and Yelich is excellent, and Garcia is fine. So, you know, I, personally, I kind of like that kind of baseball. I'm 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 much more engaged in a baseball game when it's three to two than when it's nine to seven. Um. I know people might think that's weird. Like, why? There's so much more action in 9-7. to seven. I don't need a bunch of action in baseball. Baseball, it's meant to relax while you watch it. If I want to watch action, I'll watch a freaking basketball game, you know? I think we've gotten so used to the home run and the power 
of the steroid era kind of carrying over that mm-hmm. now we expect that. Last year sucked because the, the Brewers were always on the wrong end of those games. Well, right. it, it was two to nothing, and the Brewers always had the zero. Oh, the offense couldn't. The, the offense was so bad. Yeah. This year, they're gonna. The offense will be better because Yelich is not going to hit two hundred. Right. You know, um, Shaw is going to be competent. You know, Wong's a good hitter, so you're going to have a better offense. But um, I'm looking forward to to a Brewer rotation that's got three or four guys that can go out there and shut you down for five or six innings. I think that's going to be fun to watch. I like watching good pitching. I mean, you know, everybody when you know when you were a kid, you wanted to go to a Brewer game. Everybody wanted to go see, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. and Bo. It's like I wanted to see Clemens and Randy Johnson, right? You know, like yeah. that was fun to me. So um, I'm looking forward to Thursday. I'm going to be there. It's going to be a good matchup with the Twins. They're predicted to be very good in their division well, yeah, along with the hit, White Sox. They hit the most home runs in all of baseball last year. Didn't they set the record? Yeah. So um or two years ago or whatever yeah, it was, yeah. They they hit a lot of bombs. They and they and they're good. They're a good team. So and that you know, we talked about it last week. It's a fun rivalry. I I'm not crazy about interleague on opening day, but it is what it is. Um at least it's not the Rays. Freddie Peralta like has made the rotation. Yes. Which is cool to see. I yep. mean, you know, they tried this two years ago with him and Burns in the rotation. I think Burns is Proven now. Oh, he's way more ready now. He, yes. He's a rotation yes, guy. Absolutely. You hope that Freddie can be consistent enough. He's got the stuff. It's just, is he consistent enough? Can he get you 15 outs when he when he's on the bump? So, um, you know, and then you always worry about wear and tear on a guy like Hayter. You worry about whether or not Devin Williams can shoulder, replicate yep. what he did last year. Um, but, man, that was fun last year if they was. got a lead. Getting to Williams and Hayter and just seeing them make fools of opposing lineups. Well, and I get it when Hayter blew up sometimes where it went, when it was infrequent. Yeah, but, hey, but, but, but Hayter's like, uh, he's he's this generation's Billy Wagner or Brad Lidge. Like, those guys throw so hard, when you hit it, it's going out of the park. Right. Like, you don't even have to make that Full great a contact. Right. Like, I'll never forget... The Pujols homer in the LCS off of Brad Lidge at, at the uh, whatever Houston Stadium's called these days. He hit it over that train. Mm-hmm. He didn't even hardly swing. He just put his bat out, and the thing just went like a freaking rocket. So, Hayter's going to give up some homers, but you know he doesn't give up the nickel dimer stuff where he's walking guys and he's getting infield hits. Like right. that doesn't happen. But I'm interested in who's going to fill that sixth, seventh inning role. That's kind of the spot. Where you know Topa now he's going to be out half the year. They had high hopes for him. You've got um, Rasmussen throws gas. Um, you got a couple other guys. You know Suter's not he's not a gas thrower, but he he's an innings eater. Lindblom's going to be you a know, long. Lindblom's going to be a long guy. Yep. So that that post starter pre getting into the into the closer area where you got go Williams and Hader. That's the spot in the pitching, which will be kind of fun to see who shakes out there because. You know, it may not even be somebody who's on the roster right now. It right. might be somebody that they bring up out of Triple uh, A. It might be a Boxberger or a Zimmerman who goes to extended spring training and fixes some stuff and comes back. Mm-hmm. It might be a guy they grab off of a waiver claim. So that's kind of the fun thing about the long baseball season. You know, we're all going to do it. I'm as guilty as anybody. We're all going to get worked up at the end of <laughs> April when they're nine and twelve. I'm not. Or when they're fourteen nope. and five, that's just what people do when nope. they follow a baseball team. But it's a long season. Um, 
I this team was an ob- object of my frustration <laughs> pretty much since Yelich broke his kneecap yeah. a year and a half ago. They've kind of been rubbing me the wrong way, but I'm I'm looking forward to the season. I hope I'm wrong about some of the moves they made, and you know, hopefully the guys that get paid to make those decisions made the right ones. It's been about seven or eight years since I heard Drew Olson on Bob and Brian over in Milwaukee before he moved on to do his own his own show on a different station with a different group or whatever. And he basically, you know, they were they were. Bob and Brian were screaming about something at the end of April or, you know, the beginning of May. And Drew Olson's like, you guys need to calm down. You don't need to worry about anything until the all-star break hits. And then you look at the standings and then you can see, well, this is a disaster. Spoken like a guy who's followed a team around as a beat writer. He knows. Right. Because he knows knows the pattern and he's seen everything. And it's like, you're going to win eight in a row. You're going to lose five in a row. Right. And it's, you know, you can't get too wound up about stuff that happens in April or early May, if 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 you are in a position to contend at the All Star break, that's where you want to be. You can't be completely out of it, and if you're in first, great. But that's really also hard to maintain unless you're like a dynasty team that's usually always in that spot, like the Dodgers. Can you imagine if Twitter and sports talk radio had existed in '87 for Team Streak? Oh my God! So they start off thirteen and zero. And then they lose like thirteen of their next fourteen games. Like people would have been melting Losing down. Losing their mind. Yes. Fire everybody. Like completely forgetting thirteen. Of that you were thirteen. Yes. Forgetting the no hitter from Nieves. Forgetting the Easter <laughs> Sunday. They'd be like fire trouble horn. Yeah. So he's lost thirteen of fourteen. He's got to go. <laughs> Jesus. So what's your what's your wins prediction for the Brewers this year? Where where do you Man. got them sitting? So so they're predicted to win or get second. So. Uh, man, I guess I would, ha- I'll put them at probably 91, 92, somewhere around there. You know, I wanted to go a little shy of 90, but you look at the rest of the division and outside the Cardinals, nobody's yeah, really they're, good. They're going to beat the shit out of the Pirates. That's what you're I mean. beat the Reds a lot. I mean, if you can beat up on those teams, that's mm. a lot of wins it you is. can pile up. It is. And it's it doesn't have to necessarily be indicative of how talented the team is. That's right. But if you beat up in your division who you play the most, you can probably get low to mid-90s wins. 100 is a lot. Um, yeah, they're not getting 100. But but the Cardinals are going to, they just cause problems. The Cubs are going to cause problems. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll go 91-92-ish. Look, everybody's writing off the Cubs, and I get it. They, they, they gutted a good portion of their roster. They still got Baez, Bryant, and Rizzo. That's right. And, you know, the Cardinals, they don't have the typical depth of pitching that they usually have. They still got Molina behind the plate. They're going to trot Matt Carpenter's carcass out there, and he's <laughs> going to hit home runs when you don't think he's going to. And they're going to trot out Goldschmidt and Arenado at the corners. So That's damn good. That's a good team. I don't yeah. care what anybody says. That's right. still a good baseball team. They're going to be in the mix. I have the Brewers at 90 wins, okay, and I think they're going to win the division by one game over the okay. Cardinals. The good part about that is they play St. Louis, I think, for like two, maybe three series early in the first month. And the Cubs, too. Yes. Yeah, they play them both Cub, early. Cub, Cub, the, the, the Cubs are the second series of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I mean, that's great. But look, get, the Brewers, Woodruff has never pitched a full season as a starter. Mm-hmm. He's had times when he's had to sit out. Um, Burns has never pitched a full season. 
as a starter. Same with Peralta. So there's a lot. The Brewers, it, it looks great. I'm excited about it, but there's a lot of questions as well. You know, they've talked, and I think they're gonna. We're gonna see six man rotation here from from them, um, where they skip some of these guys' starts, and we'll see if that is a good thing or not. But um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to to baseball starting. Basketball's starting to piss me off, and I certainly don't want to talk about football when the weather's no, getting warm. So no, I'm, to- I'm ready for some baseball. I, I totally get it. All right, well, have fun on Thursday. I will. Absolutely. You and your old man, right? Yep. All right, that, yep. All right, that's cool. Keeping right. the tradition alive other than last year when, well, when we couldn't go. It, so. so All right, um, let's go to the Bucks. West Coast road trip starts um, last night. They, uh, the Clippers, I think, nail 19 threes. Um, and they, they give up a lot of second-chance points, and they get pounded on the boards, and they got to stay in L.A. on Wednesday night. They're going to play the Lakers, um, and then it's the, it's the Blazers and the, uh, and the Kings. But before that, I mean, the split against Boston, great. Boston had kind of been reeling at the time when they came in, and then that Saturday loss to the Knicks. What was that? I mean, well, did, weren't they missing four guys for that game? Yeah. So they beat Boston last Wednesday. And they're kicking their ass the whole game, and then they completely blow the lead. That's kind of been a common thing, though, hasn't it? Well, not not recently. Okay, um, but they blow like a like an eighteen point lead in the third quarter. They're up two, and Tice gets a wide open three in the corner for Boston at the buzzer. He just missed it. Um, so they they escape with a two point win. Then two days later, they play Boston again. Boston shoots out of their mind. Um, that happens. Bucks lose. Then Saturday night, no Giannis, no Middleton, no DiVincenzo, no Holiday, no Portis. Portis is in the health and safety protocol. The other guys were all out for various little Knicks, injuries. Yeah. And, you know, the Bucks play all their young guys, which was cool. Um, end up losing by six at home to the Knicks. But I'm sitting there watching some of this. I was flicking back and forth between the, the college games. And it's like, man, if any one of those four dudes played, they win. Yeah. And you know, you're 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 in third place. You're three games behind Philly, who doesn't have Embiid. You're a game and a half behind the Nets, who don't have Durant. Unless the Bucks really don't give a shit about their seed this year, which I'm okay with. Right. You, you um, you've said that. For- I just don't know why you give away a game. Because it was a very win. Because the Knicks' best guy didn't play either. Julius Randle didn't play for them either. So, you know, if if DiVincenzo or Holiday play, they win. Um, so could they not go, or did they choose to just I, give well, them a night I, off? I think they gave them the night off because they knew this six game trip was, was coming, coming up. up. But then they come out last night and they dropped thirty eight in the first quarter on the Clippers. And then they only score 70 points in the next three quarters. Or actually 66 points in the next three quarters. I, I, so if resting the guys on Saturday was to get them ready for the game on Monday, it didn't work. Uh, but I, I'm I'm not – I never love giving games away. I get it's an 82-game season, and you can say the regular season doesn't matter. Well, when you're talking about a game here or there, and it's going to affect where you play game seven of a playoff series, I care. Right. Um. But yeah, the last couple of games they have not looked great. Um, and like you said, they got the Lakers tomorrow. No LeBron, no Davis. Um, you're gonna have Portland Friday and Sacramento on Saturday, who's been playing pretty well. Kings have, yeah. Okay. Um, 
The young players playing on Saturday was kind of cool, though. Thanasis. I was going to say, didn't he lead the team in points? He led the points? team yeah. in points, rebounds, and assists. He had like 23, 10, and 5. Was he busy being a crazy person? Oh, at all times. He's <laughs> he's actually, and you got to give the Bucks and their staff a lot of credit. He's actually become a real NBA player. As opposed to having, as opposed to just having being, the brother of a guy who's your and, star, and, and just being the crazy guy who runs people over and follows them, he actually has some skill now. Um, Jordan Wara, Sam Merrill, their two draft yeah. picks this year. Merrill played really well in the second Boston game. Was getting some first quarter minutes. Shot the ball real well. Um, defensively, didn't kill him. Nwora was. Excellent in the Nick game. I think he had 22, 23 points, shot the ball very well. The guy I really like is uh, Mamadi Diakite, who played wow. on the Virginia National Championship team, okay. was, was one of their big guys. He's like a 6'8", 6'9". He's, he's really thin, but he's really smart. He played for an excellent college coach. Yep. He defends. And Marcus Johnson said last night during the game, when Diakite got some time, that Giannis and Middleton, when he got sent down to the G League, really were kept in contact with him, checked up on him, were giving him a lot of encouragement. And he ended up, I think he was first team all defense in the G League for the season. Um, And like Marcus said, he goes, you know, when those two guys are doing that for a young player, you know, that means a lot to the player, oh, and, it, sure. and it shows that they see something where this guy can help us, you know. So that's something to watch. I'm not sure he's going to do a lot this year, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, young guy that's got some potential in this league, I mean, you know, if he can develop a little bit of a jump shot, you know, all of a sudden you, you throw him out there with Giannis and Middleton and some of these guys, and you've got a really, really long defensive lineup. So... I've I've liked what I've seen out of the Bucks, with the exception of these last three games. <laughs> I think Budenholzer is doing a nice job of um, mixing and matching and and trying to find combinations that work. You know, unfortunately, PJ Tucker, he's another one that didn't play the other right, night. He's and, been he out and he didn't play last now, night. Yeah. You know, he has the uh, the thigh or the the calf issue. Um, you know, you you'd like to kind of get him more ingratiated sure. as the season goes on, which you know. Older guy, he hadn't he hadn't played for a couple of weeks, waiting to get traded. So a muscle pull is not too shocking, but um, I don't know. I, I like where they're at, and then they signed Jeff Teague. That's what I was going to ask because I mean a lot of the stuff happened at the trade deadline. There was a lot of guys that were bought out of their contracts and then cleared waivers and signed with other um, you know teams and stuff like that. And you, and you get a guy like Jeff Teague, and I was reading up. Uh, a little bit about that, and it seemed like your run-of-the-mill guy, but had his best years when he was in Atlanta when Budenholzer was the coach. Yep, made the All-Star team one year with Bud. Um, good shooter, steady point guard, um, not flashy. He's not going to give you a bunch. I think he's a little smaller version of George Hill. Okay, um, not as good, not not nearly as good defensively as George Hill was, but that was partly due to George's size. But I think Teague shooting 46% from three right now. For he was on Boston, he was part of the uh, Evan Fournier right. trade in, yep. in Orlando. Released him. That's how the Bucks were able to get him. But um, yeah, I, I've I've kind of been saying they need they need a backup point guard. They're trying to. Divincenzo's playing it a little bit, but 
he's he's a better off the ball guy, um, at least to initiate the offense. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, Teague and Tucker are both guys that. Um, if you're looking for anything in the box score, you're not going to see a lot, but you got to watch the game because these guys do some of the little stuff that help you win. For a lot of the other team, for a couple of the other teams in the division who are trying to, you know, stay in it or do some stuff. I mean, Vucevic coming from the Magic to the Bulls. I mean, I love that trade for that, the Bulls. That seems like a big deal. Yeah, I mean, the Bulls gave up uh, Wendell Carter and a couple of picks. Otto, Otto Porter Jr. Yep. Yeah, a couple of picks. Um, you know, Wendell Carter hadn't really developed the way they'd hoped. He was a top, I think he was like the seventh pick in the draft. But now you've ago. got Markinen, Vucevic, and Levine. And Markinen, I don't really know what they're going to end up doing with him, but I, I talked, you know, John Wixom's a good friend of mine. He's a diehard Bull fan. We were texting <laughs> after the trade, and and I said, you got to be pretty excited. Um, you now have a team with two All-Stars on it, and Levine and Vucevic, who in the end of games in the last four or five minutes are going to run a lot of pick and pop. Um, if you watched the playoffs last year in the bubble, he absolutely destroyed the Bucks in that first round series on on pick and pops. Um, and Zach Levine has really turned himself into a nice player. So I hope the Bulls can get into the playoff. They're they're in that seven to ten play in scenario right now. I think they'd be a fun team to to see in the playoffs. I'd like to see Levine. I'd like to see Markinen. Um, but I, I love it for the Bulls. I mean. You know, sometimes franchises get criticized for those kind of moves because they're not "quote unquote" championship moves. But it's like, man, Bulls have made the playoffs in like seven years. They got to, they got to do something. Right? They got to sell seats. They're, they got, they got season ticket coach. holders. Yep. You know, they got people on that roster that deserve to to play in the postseason. And um, I, I think, I think that's a really good trade for. Them. What about some of the other moves? Just kind of go go through those quickly. I know. Uh, I mean, Oladipo, Miami was a problem last year in the playoffs, and. And Oladipo is a good player. Is that that problematic for some of the East Eastern Conference teams? I don't think so. No. Okay. I think Oladipo is a good player in the right situation when he can have the ball all the time. That's not. But Miami. that's not Miami. Um. And he's a, he's in a contract here, so he's kind of going to be playing for for money. And Miami's going to be, you know, taking a look at him the next couple of months to seeing if they want to extend him and bring him back. But I, I don't, I don't think he tips the scales for them okay. one way or the other. Um, you know, because it's one of those things. Are you going to not play Duncan Robinson? Are you going to not play Hero? Are you going to sit Dragic? I mean, we, like we, we talk about that. Can only play five guys at, at a time. High school level. Whose minutes are you yeah, taking? There's only a certain amount of minutes, and you know. You got a pretty good thing going there. I mean, Miami's struggling a little bit right now, but they got the core of their team back that made the finals run last year. I mean, Oladipo, he was an all-star, but he's had some really, really devastating leg injuries. I mean, he's tore his knee up. He blew his quad out a couple years ago. Um, you know, he's in his upper 20s now. It takes its toll. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. All right. Some of the other ones? Uh, Aaron Gordon to Denver. That was an absolute steal for Denver. Um, I, I think they're... They're right there with the Clippers. If assuming that the Lakers are healthy, um, I think either Denver or the Clippers will meet them in the conference finals. Okay, I think they're really good. The Lakers got better with Andre Drummond. Yeah, they got Drummond on a buyout. Um, Evan Fournier went to Boston. We talked about, um, and uh, Lamarcus Aldridge was bought out by the Spurs and has signed with the Nets. So they picked up him and Blake Griffin. The buyout market's a joke. It's totally unfair. 
Um, it really favors big market teams. I was just going to say that it just does. Stronger teams have seemed yeah. to just well, get stronger. I mean, it's not even so much the stronger teams. It's just big market. Um, who's banging down the door? These guys weren't going to Milwaukee. No. You know, it, it's you know, it's all part of LeBron's NBAAU. It's professional that's, AAU. That's good. That's, that's what it is. These guys all want to play buddy cop, and they all want to be on the same team. But yeah, what did I say? What did I see that Bronny came out and said that all these guys forming super teams and going and agreeing to go to gang up and whatever? It's it's not fair. And I'm like, well, but you, your dad. What you're, are you're, you talking about? Yeah, your dad started it, right? So. You like know, there, go, need, there needs to be a little perspective here. Go talk to old uh, old LeBron. Yeah, but, old pops. You know, it's I don't know. the The ratings are down across the board. Oh, are they? They're down in every sport, but they're really down in the NBA, which is really kind of a funny thing because this is probably the most apolitical I've ever seen the NBA in recent years. Like they're kind of doing their normal, you know, celebrate Black History because there's a lot of black guys in the league. They've done that for years, but all the Black Lives Matter stuff, all the you know, kneeling stuff. You're Social not really injustice. seeing that anymore, yeah. and that's interesting. I'm not. I don't know what it means. I just find it interesting. Um, you know, it's just. I don't know. I I love the NBA. I'm a diehard. I love the Bucks, but um, you know, Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge. They're not the guys they were when they were making All Star teams, mm-hmm. but they can still have nights. You know, you only need them to have one good game for you in a playoff series off the bench or something because you still got you still got Harden, Kyrie and KD. Mm-hmm. So, it's um nobody's beating the Nets in the East. I just unless somebody gets hurt if I just don't see it. Um it was kind of funny Steve Nash was asked about some of the shit that people are saying about the Nets and he's like, "Well, you know, I don't know. I, we didn't do anything illegal." And it's like, "Well, no, you didn't. I don't think anybody should be mad at the Nets." Just like I don't think anybody should be mad at the Lakers for signing Drummond. Be mad at Drummond for signing with the Lakers. Right. Like, dude, you should be on the Knicks. The Knicks need a center. Their center just broke his foot. They're the four they're the four seed in the East right now. And you're up for a contract extension and you could sign with them. Well I mean, so you're just gonna try to go shirt tail a, chase, a, a, chase t- a title? Yep. Okay. But don't get mad when everybody shits on you for it. <laughs> it's as well, it's the same thing with Durant when he went to Golden State. Like, okay, you wanna go win the ring, fine. But you got to take the shit that comes with it. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting time in the league right now. It's it's always kind of funny after the trade deadline and some of these buyouts to see where everybody goes. But I like where the Bucks are at. Right. I think they're still going to be in the mix to to make the conference finals, depending on matchups. Um, you know, the only team in the East other than the Nets that I don't want them to see. I just I don't want to see Miami. Mm-hmm. I just got nightmares from last year. Right. It's just a bad matchup. Um, I'd rather, you know, Philadelphia would be tough. But uh, I'd kind of like to see a Giannis Embiid series also. Okay. You know, and that's part of the other thing with all these guys teaming up. Like, man, like back in the 80s, like when the Celtics played the Hawks, it was Bird Dominique. Right. You know, when the Bulls played the Knicks, it was Jordan Ewing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like nine guys. It was these two guys. Yeah. It was like mano a mano. So I, I kind of missed that. I'd like to see that with the Bucks in Philly. Okay. Um, anything else you got on the no, NBA? All that's right. Pretty much we'll, it. we'll close with some some college hoops here. Um, about ten minutes away from the hour mark. Uh, Shaka Smart introduced today um, in Milwaukee for Marquette's head coaching position. They let go of Woj, and then they the, the news broke on Friday last week about Smart, um, Oregon guy. 
a native, grew up in in in, in Wisconsin. Um, obviously, you can't take too much from from the press conference. I thought it was interesting that somebody asked him about the statewide recruits. Oh, they did. I didn't hear yes. this. Okay, and he said it is absolutely important that we keep these guys in Wisconsin coming to Milwaukee or keeping him in the state. He didn't say Madison or whatever, but he said we need to keep them playing basketball in the state, which mm-hmm. I thought, you know, you and I, you had brought up that last week and the week before even about, you know, why are these guys all leaving the state with the exception of just maybe, you know, a, a couple, couple, here couple, and yeah, there. couple here and there. Yeah, going to going to Marquette or Madison or, or GB or whatever. So, so he said that. Um, leaves Texas, you know, seven seasons, uh, took him to – Three NCAA tournaments, didn't win a tournament game, but got them there. And then they just won the Big 12 tournament um, just this past season. But I, the first thing that stood out to me, and because I don't watch Big 12 basketball or usually anything down south until the tournament, and I didn't even you know pay attention that Shaka Smart was at Texas. I mean, I if somebody would have told me, like, oh, well, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess I did know that. All the clips that I've seen of the dude, he's bald. So when they trotted him out, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? He has hair. Yeah, I don't know when he's had hair now for a couple of years. But I, guess, I didn't even but, know because yeah. I mean I don't pay attention. Yeah, because all the old clips of him that you see are are of him with a head shaved. Right. So I'm like, what? Okay, well, fine, whatever. But it was just one of those things where I. But you had one recruit decommit immediately. I mean, I read. I don't know the guy's name. I don't Which know who is he is. Not surprising. No, but I didn't know about the one guy that recommitted. Yeah. Well, the the. I can't remember. He's got a funny name. The seven footer that decommitted. Yes. And then uh, a guard. I think his name is Cam Jones. I think okay. he's from like I don't know North Carolina All or something. Right. He he just said I'm still coming. Okay. Um. So that's you know, and that's that's pretty common. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Marquette's got two other kids, um, Jamal Kane and Kobe McEwen, who are going to do the grad transfer thing. Not shocking. No. It, and that's a normal. Yeah. Thing. When you no, get anytime you get a new coach normal. in, there's going to be a couple guys that leave. That's that's not a big deal. And and those guys are, I'm kind of glad to see them move on. You had your time. I've had Thank I've had my your... fill of watching them. <laughs> Thank especially you for your McEwen. service. Yeah. <laughs> how okay, Marquette guy? How are you with this? I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing backflips. Okay. I mean, I'm. It's a wait and see. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an established guy. Yeah, and I, I'm. I'm curious as to what style of play he's going to use, because when he was at VCU, if you remember those teams, they were kind of like the old Arkansas teams where they pressed you the whole game. They called it havoc. It was just forty minutes of hell. Press, fast break, get up and down, shoot threes. Just athletes. Well, you can do that at VCU because your your talent pool is a little different than Texas. At Texas, he was getting legitimate NBA lottery pick prospects, and he had a couple of those while he was there. Part of the reason why he didn't have a lot of success is the same reason that a lot of these schools aren't. He's getting these guys for a year, and then they leave. Yeah, you know, he had Jared Allen. He had him for a year, lottery pick. He had Jackson uh, Hayes. Had him for a year, lottery pick. So that's a factor as well. So. You know, I'm not sure which direction he's going to go. I hope it's more towards the VCU style because I think long-term that's a better way to build the program. Okay. Um, I think that Wojo has proven that getting a couple of these high-level recruits looks great in the paper, but it it doesn't necessarily translate to wins and losses on the floor. Okay. So 
Um, it's cool. I, I, I'm I'm happy that they got a Wisconsin guy that hopefully sees the value and the talent level that's here. You know, his high school coach was Kevin Bavery. Oh, yeah. The, who is now, he was at Oregon. He is now the, the Middleton, Middleton coach. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Shaka Smart around the Big 8 watching some games and sending some of his assistants to watch some games. I will be very interested to see who he fills his staff out with. Does he does he go the let's get some guys that used to play here route or does he go the route that he should go get which is guys. let's go get some let's go get some guys to recruit. Mm-hmm. Um I did think that the reaction of Badger fans was hysterical. What what was their well, What I, do you think it was? Like it was negative. It was all Shaka Smart can't win a tournament game. Shaka Smart was going to get fired from Texas, so he had to run to little old Marquette. So stupid. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't you the same people that were screaming for the Badgers to hire him a couple years ago before you got guard? Wasn't 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 that wasn't that your fan base? You can ask the the aficionados. Uh, if I remember right, I remember a lot of shocking to Madison. Shock. Oh, he's from Oregon. It's a homecoming. Oh yeah, you're gonna get him. I mean, it would have been cool, but yeah. But now he's, Badgers but got now their he's own. No, now he's no good. So Badgers got their own problems. Yeah, they do. Yes, I mean, do. You've, I, you've, it starts with you know, and I talked with a couple of people about this over the weekend when when the news that Alvarez says that his timeline for retirement is going to be moved up. I mean, it had lined up, I thought, perfectly because that wasn't even in the cards when we talked about it. Where you would have thought that if Leonard turns down a job as D coordinator with the Packers and comes back to Madison, that there would have been money or assurances involved for the future of him staying in Madison, which you see the natural progression. Alvarez was AD and football coach for two years, handed the football program off to Bielema. We all know how that went, but Chris is a Wisconsin guy. He's been coached for a few years now. It hasn't been a, a very over, overly long tenure. But if Alvarez would have hung on for another couple years, you would have thought maybe there's the progression there. Chris hangs it up, hands the program over to Jimmy. That's the assurance that you get. Like, hey, Barry's going to retire. I want Paul to take over. Jim, you can have the team. And everybody's happy it's Madison all around. Well, now what does that do? Because... Chris hasn't been there for very long. Leonard, I don't, I mean, is he is he ready to coach sooner rather than later and, and run a team? I don't know. A Power 5 conference? Who knows? Chris McIntosh, former offensive lineman, has been rising in the athletic department. Maybe he's the guy. Well, then, okay, then why did Leonard come back to Madison other than he just didn't want to coach in the pros? Well, I mean, your, your, your first scenario is never going to happen. No. Paul Chris doesn't have the personality to be an athletic director, and he doesn't have the business acumen to be a per, uh, athletic director. Barry Alvarez um, had a Barry Alvarez had decades of experience at Notre Dame and at Wisconsin before he took over that uh, that program, and he had to build some. He had the opportunity to build the program, or the next guy that comes in has to try to maintain Pain. it, yep. which is completely different. McIntosh is a name. Yeah, he's kind of been the 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 guy in waiting in theory. I wouldn't be so sure about that either. Um, I think the sweater vests are going to want a big name, and they're going to want somebody with experience to take over for Alvarez. But 
at the same time, you wonder, is Alvarez going to be involved in the process of hiring his replacement? Is he going to have a say? If he has a say, maybe McIntosh has a better chance. But I think if they open this up, I I, I would be surprised. I think they're going to want to go out and get somebody that's already got the experience and has some kind of cachet. I just, I don't know. I don't know that they promote from within for that position. But I also feel like those same sweater vests and even Alvarez, whether he's got any choice in the matter or not, they're not going to want somebody that doesn't have any Madison or Wisconsin ties either. Well, like you're going to get a complete stranger that's from the, the West Coast or the East Coast or the guy that down south. The guy that instantly popped into my head was Sean Eichhorst. There you go. Who was yes. the AD at Whitewater yep. when we were there? He was at uh, the Madison for a while. He was down in Nebraska. Yeah. I'm not sure where he is right now. Um, but he's he, he's got quick. he's obviously got some ties. But I mean, yeah, and you got to think about it. I mean. Over the last 40 years or so, the two athletic directors have been Pat Richter and Barry Alvarez. Yep. So you've got some monster shoes to fill, and those are huge name people. Yeah. So Chris McIntosh, you know, that doesn't really get a lot of people excited. But we'll see. Former Nebraska AD Sean Eichhorst hired by Texas. Okay, well, then he's not going to UW. Because I wouldn't leave Texas to go to UW. <laughs> Not with the money they got down there. No, no was, thank you. There's a Bleacher Report article saying that he was fired, and that was back in September of 2017. Uh, okay, so well, he knows a, where well, he is. I, I don't pay attention to the whole no. scene or anything like that. But, yeah, no, I, I doubt that you'd leave that, that scenario and those facilities to come to Madison. But that's just me. Um, so, no, I I don't know. I'll... I, I, I'll be very curious to see what happens, and and when I asked Wargle about like the the assistant coaching thing, he couldn't really figure that out either about why guys like Brechterfield and um, the running backs coach uh, Settle left for lesser SEC teams to take over the same position. There was a little bit more responsibility, I guess, involved in those. But I mean, essentially, those are lateral moves. When you've built up a thing here in Madison, and you would have thought maybe the next step would be as an OC or a DC or a chance to coach a small mid-major team or something, or maybe a D2 or a 1AA or whatever they call them, right? The F, FBS or the, the FCS teams, you know? So, you know, we couldn't figure that out either. So the whole coaching carousel under Christ, Leonard possibly leaving, staying, and now the Alvarez thing. I'll, I'll be curious to see what happens with that whole thing. Sounds like they got a damn good running backs coach. Some Gary, guy that was Gary in the Brown NFL was in the NFL and coached a lot in the NFL. He didn't coach last year though, right? No, he was he was fighting cancer. Oh, is that what it was? Yes. Okay. Um, but it sounds like they're that's good. They just started spring practice today, uh, actually. So the basketball team's got got even more stuff. I mean, apparently before the season, it was already known that Trice Ford. And somebody else was was already well. Potter was a, a maybe, and then he came out last week and said he was gone. And nobody's heard from Brad Davison. You said you wouldn't be surprised if he stuck around. Yeah. Um, Reavers is transfer portal. Trevor Anderson's transfer portal. All grad transfers. Walt McGrory and now Joe Hedstrom came out. I think today earlier um, and said that he's leaving. So there's there's a lot of turnover going on and. It, the grad transfer thing is normal. You know, we're seeing a lot more of that. Um, 
But, I mean, this seems like just a real – seniors who want to move on who could play overseas or do whatever, fine. But guys who could actually play a couple minutes to come back and with this extra season, instead saying, no, nah, I just want to go out somewhere, fresh start. That's a little more surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, McGrory's no good, so no, and, nobody will even know if he's on the Headstrom team or not. Was Headstrom not... might, you know, he's a seven-footer. Um, him leaving definitely hurts oh, because they have no front court depth. Um, Reavers leaving is interesting. Um, I mean, this is a dude that was third-team All-Big Ten. He's your all-time leader in shot blocks. And pretty much since the first of the year when Micah Potter joined that team, he has not been the same and was never the same. Um, a lot of people think he's going to go home and play for Minnesota, which is a distinct possibility. And if he does, good for him. Um, you know, the the transfer thing has become normal. It's not normal for Wisconsin. No. And, you know, Trev Anderson, a kid who grew up here, had already been at a different college and transferred to Two. UW. That's right. Him leaving now to go play a grad year somewhere, I found that odd. Now, is he going to go play for UW-Stevens Point for a year? Possibly. Maybe he wants to go home and play a year. He's had a lot of injuries that he's had yes. to play through. Maybe he wants to play one year at home. I just It's it's odd that a kid that grew up wanting to be a Badger would, would leave the team. Um, maybe with the young guys coming in and they know Davidson's coming back, maybe they just told him you're not going to play, which is very possible. And if they did, good for them for telling him that. Being honest. I, I, yep. I certainly appreciate that um, as a former player, at least knowing where you stand. But, um, you know, then they got a kid from UNLV, Isaac Lindsay, who had played at Mineral Point. I didn't even know this. He's transferring in as a preferred walk-on. So, you know, you're, you're – probably not going to get much out of him, at least in the short term. So they got a lot of holes to fill. I know people are up in arms about it if you're a guard hater. I'm not I'm not sure if this is an anomaly or not. There's a there's a thousand and sixty four kids right now in the transfer portal. Really? I read that today. Thousand and sixty four kids are in the transfer portal right now. It's is nuts. It- is this, this is just what, basketball or across all? I think it's just basketball. That's, but, then that's insane. But regardless, that's just, this is what Guard was interviewed about the other day, and he came out and said this stuff is bad. You know, this is not really why a kid's supposed to go to play college basketball. Right. It's basically turning into college free agency. And I just, I think long term, I don't think that's going to work. Um, I don't know what they can do about it. I mean, they, you know, I guess you got to stop waving. You got to, you got to get rid of the waiver where like um, Potter tried to get the waiver last year. DJ Carton for Marquette got a waiver this year to play right away. Like, dude, you leave your school, you're out a year, period. You know, and, and look, there's obviously, you know, your mom gets sick, um, she gets cancer. Let's, you you want to come home? That's I, when, that's I get when you it. get hardship waivers. I, I, I and stuff get it. Like, that, like yeah. that life happens, but you know this. I didn't play enough. I didn't get as many shots as I wanted. No, that that, that that's just okay. I don't get it. What about the scenario that we see now with like Marquette hiring Smart or Sippus getting fired as as Badger women? Their best player 
that Sippus recruited says he's not going to be here, I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. Yep, saw that. Do you then tell the players coming in, like, well, you didn't say yes to the coach, you said yes to the school. Like, how does how does that work then? Well, I think do, people... do you include that as a exception for kids transferring, so the so the players can now just follow the coach wherever he goes? Yeah, I think you. I think I'm okay with that because I think contrary to what most people, especially Badger fans that I know, that's not why kids kids don't go uh, to your college because your biology lab is decked out with the latest <laughs> microscopes. Or that your dorm room has a microwave in it already there and you don't have to bring your own. Like they go because of the program. Yeah. And they go because of who's coaching. Period. If if it, if otherwise they'd send the the a guidance counselor to your house to recruit you. No, they send the coaches. Right. They send the people that you're gonna be around and spend all the time with. And now they're not there. And anymore. if a guy gets fired, I, I'm not sure I think if a coach um leaves to take another job, you shouldn't be allowed to go. You okay. should have to sit. I think if the university fires the coach that you came to play for, then you should be allowed to leave and not have to sit. Okay. But, you know, it's like anything else in this world. We've got these blanket rules that don't apply to most situations, but nobody wants to take the time to look at these things individually and make a decision. It's far too much work. So it's Far too much work. Yeah. All right, um, you want to talk some brackets? I, I don't Not know much. Where we, where... <laughs> there, there ain't much to talk about. No. The tournament has been okay. Um, some of the Sweet 16 games were not good. It wasn't a great brand of basketball. There were some teams there. I watched that Loyola game, and I'm like, boy, if I'm on Illinois, I'm sick to my stomach going, how the fuck did we lose to this team? They had like 30 points with like three minutes to go in the game. I thought I was watching the... 2000 Final Four Badger Michigan State game all over again. <laughs> Fucking Mike Kelly and Andy Kowski out there throwing up rocks. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're starting as we get to the Final Four now, we're seeing the cream kind of rise. Yep. We saw Baylor take care of business last night in a good game against Arkansas. Um, Houston, in kind of an ugly slugfest, beats Oregon State. Um, Gonzaga, as you said, was, was blowing out. Uh, USC, and I think Michigan will handle UCLA tonight. So we're probably going to end up with three ones and a two, which is I'm sure CBS is thanking God for. No shit. Because I can't imagine them being very excited to see some of these double-digit teams advance. I mean, the only saving grace is they're all, with the exception of Oral Roberts and Loyola, I think they were all Power 5 schools. I mean, UCLA being an 11 is kind of a joke. Yeah, especially when they had to play a play-in game. Yeah, I mean, you look at the talent on that roster, uh, they're not an 11 seed. I mean, they're <laughs> they're probably a 4 or a 5 seed, really. Um, same with USC. They got a 6 seed. They got the number 2 pick in the draft, and his brother's on the team, and he's really good. So um, it's been all right. I, I, I hope the Final Four is entertaining. Um, but this tournament is really... Uh, you've the lack of fans has been really noticeable for me, because you get down to some of these games and you know it's a it's a fifteen against a two and the game after it is like the eight nine game and all the fans that are there to watch the eight nine game they're all cheering for the fifteen <laughs> they're all cheering for that upset of course you know, they and, are and they want to play the lower yeah well, but there's just that energy in yeah. the stadium that people want to see that you've kind of missed out on that there's been a few games. Um, I think it was uh, I want to say it was the Alabama. It was the Alabama or the Arkansas game in the Sweet Sixteen. Whoever they they were playing, that place was rocking. 
I think they were in the Butler gym at Hinkle, which is small. small. That was rocking. Yep. But like the games that are played at the uh, at the wherever the Colts play, oh Lucas, Lucas Oil, Lucas Oil. Man, it's just too big, right? You know, yeah, like you yeah, can hear every every friggin' word that the coach is uttering. Yeah, no, unless you can you you can pack in that place that's a lot bigger than it's. It doesn't really translate very well. But I, you know, somebody asked me the other day who I'm pulling for. I guess because there's no money on the line for me. I guess Michigan. I've always liked Juwan Howard. Um, I think it'd be cool for him and for that Fab Five group to finally get a ring. They were so close as players, and the the knock on them is always that they didn't win anything. Um, so that'd be that'd be kind of cool. You know, Baylor. It's been a long time since they were basketball 70. relevant. One year's making the Final Four. You know, Houston hasn't been there since Five Slam Ajama with Akeem and Drexler in the early 80s. There's so. just something about that Kelvin Sampson that I just think yeah. is a little well, slimy. Well, and, and I don't like, I watched that game last night. I do not like to watch that Houston team. It's just not my kind of team. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess, and I don't want to see Gonzaga. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them, them <laughs> fucking weirdos up in the left-hand corner of the country. <laughs> Nah. Okay. Go make your hemp necklaces and just leave the rest of the country alone. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, that's perfect. All right. Yeah. Go make your... Oh, and speaking of tournaments, so did you see what happened at the end of the UConn-Baylor women's game last night? Did you hear anything about this? No, but all I'm hearing is that good no call, should have been a foul. It's everybody divided. No, if, if anybody is a referee... That listens to our podcast, which I'm sure they're none, because no. why would they listen to us? It's no. That's why people yell at you. That right there. That that play is why everybody yells at you. Clear foul, followed by two people. You missed the foul before the other foul that you missed. She's hit in the face and in the arm with two seconds left in a one point game, and you don't and you swallow your whistle. Now the excuse I was hearing all day from people on TV was, well, you know, they missed eight free throws. Well, you know, they turned the ball over X amount of times. Great. Th- I agree. That has no bearing on... When you miss a foul call that at the end of the game, I can't make that up. I can't. I don't have time to recover. Right. If I turn the ball over in the first five minutes, i got 35 more minutes to recover from that. You blow that call, you, you cost them a an opportunity to go to the final four by blowing that call. That's where like, you know, it'll never happen because the referees for whatever reason are so goddamn protected. Come out and say you screwed up. I missed it. We missed it. We apologize to Baylor. Sorry. We fucked up. Can't do anything about it now, but we're acknowledging that we did. Don't you get the league of the, either the NBA or the NFL after like a day or two when they review something and they don't they come out and say that that should have gone differently, the crew yeah. should have made a different call. I, I know the NBA has their fourth quarter report, which the referees all hate because it exposes their flaws. Well, too freaking bad but, that you somebody know, holds you like, accountable. Look, it's like, look, at the end of the game, you can look down and see how many turnovers I had, how many how many shots I missed. Why can't we see how many calls you blew and when you blew them? You know? That should give you an accurate indication of how good you are you know, at your job. If, if you blow an over-the-back call in the first half, again, I got time to make up. Right. But you blow these calls at the end of games, man. Whew. People were hot. People were hot yeah. last night online. Even even Queen James 
was tweeting that it was a foul. And Gino Ariema had a f- pretty funny response when he was told about that. He just pretty much shrugged his shoulders and like, well, what do you want me to do? Say, I'm sorry, we won? Like, we won. They didn't call it. What is he we, supposed we, to do? We play next week. Tough. I, I mean, I feel for the kids, yep. but I like my kids better. Yeah. And we're but playing. Yeah, I, I felt bad for Baylor. I, and it's funny, I turned it on with 20 seconds left because somebody told me it was a close game and – I want UConn misses two free throws and Baylor gets the ball back and then that whole sequence happens. But um, obviously a good game. Two two of the best teams in the country playing in the Elite Eight. Right. Not sure how that seeding plays out when one team's undefeated and the other one's got one loss <laughs> playing in the Elite Eight. Oh, we've seen okay. selection committee not really take some of that stuff into account. Yeah. But all right. Well, there's a there's a lot of ground uh, covered here in Somehow. about the last fifth hour and. 15 minutes. So yeah, I'm surprised you're not getting texts here. Get home. What time is it? In two hours. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, <laughs> I got to get home. Yeah, you're right. All right. Uh, that is the intentional foul for this week. Uh, the Elite Eight finishes up Final Four, and we'll have a champion, and we'll move on to baseball, and we'll be knee-deep in the first full week yeah. of small ball by the time we get into it. And then it'll be a Masters week approaching as well. Jeez. So I got to get out in the yard and get some swings in, man. Yeah. Otherwise, right. otherwise, I'm going to be eating Motrin for a week after my first round. <laughs> Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, for listening. And we encourage you to please tell your friends about our little podcast deal here. We would appreciate that. So, uh, until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And we will talk to you down the line. Go Brew Crew.